Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Bullock. And I'm Mark Whitman. And uh, this is the post-lunch recording session. We're all good to go. We are fueled up. And uh, got my coffee that you bought me that you didn't know you were gonna buy. That's me right. I sprung it on you. No, that's all good. It's all good. You want the money for it? No, lunch was a little more expensive today. Was it? Well, you didn't have to buy my lunch two weeks ago, so we're even. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean when we and we we got there, we what went. Look, what are you looking for? In the we went to pe- we went to Pepino's. Because we had liked what we got, and it was delicious today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when we went the last time, it was the special. Yeah. And it's amazing, the price, which is all good. It's all good in the hood. Well, you know, it was good. It was good. It wasn't like it, the law of diminishing returns. It's never as good. Anytime you have something. You've seen uh, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Mexico. No. When Johnny Depp. T- tells the story of how uh-huh. he said every time I go into it, and he's in Mexico. Every time I go into a re- restaurant, I order the same dish. Yeah, and I'm trying to find the perfect version of this dish. Right, and I finally found it, like the one that was in front of him. He said, "This is it. Like this is what I've always wanted this dish to taste like. This, yeah. it, it meets the expectation I have. It's so good that when I get done eating it, I'm gonna walk back in the kitchen and shoot the chef." Mm. because nobody will ever be able to make it this good again. Oh, wow. And then he did it. He actually went back there and shot the chef. Please don't shoot me. No, no. That's – but, like, it's it's a movie, but that was the point. Like, it'll never be this good again. And we should have known that. We should have never went to Pepino's again and let it live on in in our memory as one of our greatest lunches ever. I just know, though, that the Pepino's lunch wasn't so good the last time we went because we had – there's a lot of things that had gone unsaid between yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, for a while. Yeah. And I think we've talked about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Because you were going through a lot of stuff, and I really wasn't, but you were going through a lot of stuff. Right. And, and then, like, a lot of your things had just happened. And yeah. I, just, I think maybe that was why that lunch was so good, because we had kind of aired some stuff. and Yes. Not problems, that we, but just, right. you know, things that we hadn't, conversations we hadn't had. Right. Um, Things we, we had left unsaid. Right, that we went ahead and said. You know, and I but I think today was like it wasn't Empire Strikes Back in as far as a sequel. I would put it I like Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy. I also like Guardians of the Galaxy too. I like yeah. them both, and that's uh-huh. kind of how I would put it. They're a little bit different. Yeah. Still good. Still good. All the elements were there that right. made the first one so successful. We had good conversation today, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. We agree on some things. We disagree on some things. There you mm. go. There's life. We yeah. came back here, even in the midst of disagreement, and said, hey. What hit. did we disagree We about? didn't disagree on a whole lot. Maybe how smart you were. Uh, yeah. Disagreement about well, that. Well, <laughs> you know, here's the thing on that is uh, test scores don't lie. <laughs> Actually, they do. That's like the worst way to rate yeah, people. They, That's a bunch yeah, of bull. Pretty terrible. But you're right. You are book smart. You're definitely smarter than me. I don't think I'm even, at this point in life, I don't even know if I'm book smart anymore. 
Yeah, you hear a lot. Listen, if you ain't book smart at this point, I definitely am. So I have to believe that you are. I think I'm fake smart. <clears throat> oh, no doubt. But you also have that, uh, I don't know, you can still do math in your head and stuff like that. I but I that. think you've got legitimate reasons you can't do math in your head. I don't know if they're legitimate reasons. Well, but I have reasons. I mean, yeah, reasons. No, I couldn't do math in my head when I was 14. <laughs> it's not like it's not like I've lost the ability to do long division in my head <laughs> from these things. I never had the ability well, to do long division well, in my head. You know, there's there's that. Yeah, I still well. count with my fingers and toes when I have to count stuff up and like in the twenties. I'll be like, that's what fifteen and fourteen. <laughs> now I know why you let me buy lunch. You don't want to have to figure out the tip. There you go. Oh, there you go. Hey. That, that's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this. You shared with me this morning something somebody said about me. <laughs> and I, w- I want to reply to it in a, in a coy way. Well, if you wanted to let me buy my way into the <laughs> podcast business, that's your business. Yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished. Yeah, like, <laughs> what if I <laughs> – And they may not even have been talking about you when they said that. I don't know. But, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, interesting. I get told occasionally, like, what – things that people say about me when i'm not around right it's like this thing it's kind of it's always nice to hear it okay but at the same time it does kind of like oh that kind of stings a little bit you know it makes you self-conscious about things yeah i like the more that i hear what people say about me is like they like i understand that they don't understand. Right. They have no concept. That's why you can't worry about it, man. I don't. You I don't. Listen, if anything, in a positive way, it's time to start making fun of some stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Uh, it's time to. It's time to go full blown comedy, with all this malarkey that has gone on. I mean, call it a shoot, call it what you will. I call it the Heath Mulligan Comedy Hour. But before <laughs> we get to that. Mark, let's talk about some wrestling. You've been talking, I mean, you, you you mentioned earlier when we recorded the last time, we some we pulled out the old wrestling magazines. Yeah, but there was something else. There was something we talked about that got me wanting to watch wrestling again. I, my, was it the Cornette stuff where he had uh, was talking so. about the TV stuff? Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe it was just, maybe it was just like this, this podcast. And yeah. everything that we've done yeah. had become a source of anxiety right. in some ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where God, there was this, I want to be good. I want to sound like I know what I'm talking right. about. I want, I don't, I want me and you to get along. Yeah. Because I really, like, we, God, we air everything. I think that's normal. I felt like we weren't getting along like we used to. Right. Um, and it not wasn't. Not that we were mad at it. It wasn't right. like that. I just felt like we were at a. Um, we were changing. 
Yeah, and we were at an awkward place where, like, you were kind of doing all this stuff, and I kind of felt left out. And 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 because I'm screwed in the head, maybe I blamed you for it a little bit that I was left out, even though I know that I was the one that said, "Right, I don't want to do that anymore." Right. Does that make sense? And, we're, and, I, and that's like because that's just I think human nature. I kind of felt that I was like, man, yeah, I kind of feel like all this stuff's moving forward, and I'm not even a part of it. But I chose not to be a part of it, so I can't hold you accountable for that. You know what I'm saying? You had an opportunity to advance your actual career, right? Yes, and congratulations, right? And I and I did, and I chose that. Um, and you were successful, right? And it, it was awesome. And I'm happy, and I'm not disappointed in that. But what I'm saying is, I'm like, and I don't even know that I've said that to you out loud before. Before right now, mm-hmm. that I was kind of resentful. Even though it was me that made the choice, right? You made the right choice, and I'm pretty sure it came across sometimes that I, you know, listen. All I know is, as different as we are, and as different as we can be, and as as uh, as great of a lack of self awareness that I have, and as irritating as I can be, for five years. With few exceptions, we've gotten together every two weeks. Yeah. And we, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, like at no point did I ever think, I don't want to be friends. <laughs> or right. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. It's just, you know, in your mind, you kind of have these these things that go on, I guess. But anyway, all of that kind of led to just not having a desire to watch wrestling. Because right. it became, I could never watch wrestling right. and, just, and just enjoy. Right the wrestling that I was watching, right. I always felt like every little subtle thing that happened in a match, there must be a reason for that. Yeah. And I need to find out what that reason is so that I can tell people when they listen to our show what that reason was. Mm. And everything that was going on behind the scenes, like I need to know that stuff. Yeah. So that people will think that I'm, you know. Right. This guy that knows that has all this information about wrestling or whatever, and I felt like that there was a pressure on me to deliver right um, that every couple of weeks. Man, I have to do all this research and I have to know all these things and I have to be able to talk intelligently about it. And it just created an anxiety almost right about watching wrestling where I couldn't enjoy it just for what what it was. Yeah, and I have I would say for a year year and a half maybe two years didn't watch wrestling yeah at all yeah everything we talked about was pretty much me reading reports right not that i never like if i heard right. this match was good or something i would go back but at one point you even canceled the network yeah 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 like i just i didn't enjoy watching wrestling man i didn't want to be a part of wrestling i didn't want anything to do with being around it um and it some days didn't even want to do this yeah because it was just, I'd have to, sometimes you just want to talk to your buddy. Right, right. And then it was becoming, um, we still do this now, but I think we found a balance. And I think this contributed to some, on my part, um, I don't, I'm not speaking for you, for me. Um, we can't talk for the two weeks 
Right. <laughs> the, between when we record, because if we do, then the show won't be as good. So you you work yourself into a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better term. Where yeah. We, we're not going to talk for two weeks. Because that way when we get together and record the show. It's yeah. Everything will be like we will. It'll just be us catching up. Right. Like everything that's been going on two weeks, and it it felt like I lost my best friend. No, right, right, right. You know, it was like because we used to, we would text each other, and now I think we found this medium, this right. ground where right. we say, okay, we're not going to talk about the wrestling that I'm watching right now. Right. We're not going to talk about some of the things that we talked about on you know before when I got here yeah. this morning. Like, let's not talk about that stuff. Right. But that doesn't mean we can't talk. Talk. And right. Say, hey, man, what's going on? You know yeah. what I mean? And I think we've kind of found that that place now. And it doesn't always happen because of our schedules. Right. We're like, you know. So, anyway, I don't know why. I just. That's where my headspace has been at for a yeah. few years now. Where I just didn't want to watch wrestling. And I didn't want to think about wrestling. right I, I just wanted to because know, because a lot of for me watching being involved with the network has has given me like i really love local independent wrestling right i love the love the connections i've made i love following the storylines and things like that I love trying to make sense of stuff that you can't make sense of. Mm -hmm. and But I think in that, I, no, I totally forgot what I was trying to say. I, I, I like love that part of it, but drifted away, fell out of love with mainstream wrestling. Mm -hmm. Not just WWE, like, man, I used to watch Ring of Honor. I used to, and now I like follow the news and I read what's going on. But I don't watch it. I mean, right, I don't watch. That's kind of what I do. Um, and 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 so like, f so for a long time, I'm watching the independent stuff. Neither one of us is watching WWE stuff, and we're trying to do a wrestling right. <laughs> podcast, and nobody's watching anything. Right, and um, so I think I think yeah, I think we just go you go through phases and stuff, and and it's all good. I think. Because anytime I watch WWE, it's you're you're it's like you're watching it to talk about it. Mm. You're not watching it to enjoy it, right? And that's why I still would usually watch the monthly pay per view. Yeah, I would generally watch. It. I just wouldn't talk about it, right? Because I just wanted to watch it and enjoy it, which led me to the last time we recorded, kind of starting to watch wrestling again. Because I just there again, yeah. I felt like we were kind of refocusing, and I think even this week we've refocused even more um, mm. what we want to be. Yeah. Um, so I started – I did this, this two-week, 12-hour-a-day marathon, and I was getting up at 5 in the morning every day. And when I would get off, I would just, you know, be wiped out, man. I'd get home about – you know, some days I was getting home at like six thirty because I was yeah. going in at like five thirty in the morning. But most days I'd get home at like eight, eight thirty. And then you just kind of want to chill out, eat yeah. you a little something. And I don't even remember what I started with, but it was the beginning of the 
Dustin asking Arn to be his partner. Yeah. And face Bunkhouse Buck and Terry Funk. Yeah. And uh, I watched that, that Clash Town. I saw it. And then I just kind of got hooked on that storyline. And mm-hmm. I started, I watched all those shows to kind of follow. It. Oh, it was yeah. Just, <clears throat> as I said to you, and I think I posted in the group, I don't recall any of those matches being five-star classics. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know that most of them were three-star classics, but, but they were fun, man. Yeah. They were so much fun. There was this one spot, uh, and this was later on. This was after the Nasty Boys had joined for the – for the deal, but yeah. Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck. Terry Funk had his chaps on. Yeah. Bunkhouse Buck was wearing a duster. Yeah. And they bumped around for a minute, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Funk's, they took his, he took his chaps off and got to slapping people with yeah. his chap. Well, at some point, the Nasty Boys got the chaps away from him and slapped him. And when they did, the, the chaps kind of wrapped around his head. Yeah. And so he couldn't see what he was doing. Yeah. And they flipped Bunkhouse Buck's duster. Up over his head. Yeah. And then Funk and Buck <laughs> sp- sp- bumped into each other and started brawling. <laughs> and, they were, and they were just beating each other. And Colonel Parker's in between them going, knock it off, knock it off, boy. You know, he's trying to get those guys. And they spill outside and they're brawling on the That's outside. Awesome. And then, like, both of them kind of flip the chaps back. And they go, oh, man. <laughs> you know, and then they go back in the ring. It was just a great – it was so much fun, man. Right. And there was nothing – you know, the, I'm sure people would tear that apart today of oh, how gosh. stupid it was. But, man, I I laughed the whole time they were doing it, man. Yeah. It was great. But that whole – you know, Dusty's promo oh, that we yeah. talk about all the yeah. time, which is not just his most underrated promo, like wrestling's most underrated promo. Such a – I mean – you have to go out of your way to to watch this promo, man. It's so good. I could and would. I can make an argument. Well, I don't. Okay, I was gonna. This is what I was gonna say, and I caught myself because I knew better what they than were, hard time. No, I, I was like, you know, that might be one. Of, that might be the best promo ever. But I can't say that because it. It didn't – I mean, it led to the Clash of the Champions. Right. It didn't lead to this shoot. But as far as, like, just pure emotion. Right, right, right. Of hitting just so many right notes. Because everybody, every son has had issues with their dad. Uh-huh. Every father has wanted to be a better father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that oh. – and just the way, like, what I really loved about that, and this this is, you know, pure Heath, is the the words that he didn't say, S, he, I had so, egg-sucking dog. So he called him a scum-sucking pig. Scum-sucking pig. Like, just these, it was just great, man. It wasn't perfect, it was, you know what I mean? And right. that's, that's what makes that stuff good, it was not perfect. But, yeah, that, you know, the Earps were blood. The Kennedys were blood. We talk about this promo about twice a year. Yes. But um, that was so good, man. So good. And And Dusty, legit, like, they're crying. Mm -hmm. Like, it was – 
I mean, it was still real to them. Cause it was because it was real. Right. There was a lot of truth in what he yeah. was saying. I wanted, I went off chase my dream, and I neglected you, and I did this, and now I've been lately being this corporate cowboy in public, if you will. And he kind of hit some of those notes of things that he w- that he said. And you know, I don't want you to look to another man. I don't want you to beg another a scum sucking pig. You know, if you can carry this fat out of shape, spindly legged old man. I want to be your partner. Dusty um, plus Dusty. And th- I was going to tell you, I yeah. saw that sign. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I then, like, I watched the whole, I'm not sure if I'm at the culmination. I think I've reached the end of it. Is that 88 or 89? No, no, that's like 94. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they did, uh, they did the war game. Yeah. The fall brawl, which is, um, like I was, as I was watching everything, there was just these incredible matches, man. Ricky Steamboat and Rick Rude, yeah, had like this thirty-minute Iron Man match that was really good, real intense toward the end. Just, I mean, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman mm-hmm. and Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat and Dustin Rhodes, and I'm sure I'm missing some yeah. people here, but uh, Stephen Regal, yeah, was there. Started having matches then. Vader, Cactus Jack had yeah. a, uh, had that the big brawl that they had, right. uh, um, which was brutal. Um, you know, Max Payne and Cactus Jack and the Nasty Boys, and the, and the Nasty Boys against Sullivan and Cactus Jack, and then Cactus Jesus <laughs> when Cactus was leaving, yeah, and you know when he spit on the title in ECW, but and there's so many other great workers, yeah, that were kind of in and out. Bobby Eaton. Um, Man, Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco. Um, so all these great, great workers having all these great matches. But then you see, like, there's this one moment that is the changing of the guard. If you watch that fall brawl, uh-huh. you were supposed to have Steamboat and Austin for the U.S. title. Steam, right. Steamboat was a champ. Yeah. And Austin was a challenger. And I remember seeing it at the time, and I we've t- just going, oh no, like this is this is all because I've been a Steve Austin mark, as right. you know, since pretty much since he debuted, I was yeah. a fan of his. So he and Steamboat are having these great matches over the U.S. Yeah, title. they'd had these great tag team matches, a lot of history there between the two of them. And Steamboat comes out with the U.S. title in his street clothes, and he's like, "I'm not going to be able to." you know, defend the title tonight or whatever. He yeah. had gotten injured. Um, and Bockwinkle tells Austin he's still wrestling tonight. And Jim Duggan came out and squashed Steve Austin. He just hit him with the three-point stance and pinned him. Boom, one, two, three. He's the new U.S. champ. Yeah. And it was just this change that you just knew yeah. things are going to change in this company. And they did after that. I mean, it just like – Was that Duggan's debut? I think it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was, I think that was his first wow. night because they treated it as though they couldn't believe he was there. Mm. And I'm not a Jim Duggan hater, I, you know, oh, right? But Jim Duggan has a completely different style, and he wasn't working the old style, the old Duggan style before he got to WWF, where that wild, bloody brawls that he had with DiBiase yeah. and Gordy and Williams, that was gone. Yeah. Now it was three point stance, ho, you know. Yeah. And that's what he brought to WCW. So it's just this, it's this moment that you just see, man, 
this company was about to go down. Now, granted, they had a lot of financial success. Yeah. Um, after that, then they went out of business. <laughs> um, they, you know, they managed themselves right into the loving arms of WWE. Uh, so they had a few successful years, which is good. Uh, but ultimately, it was for nothing. And you do wonder, what if they put the same – you know, what if they'd taken that group of guys that they had, the Rudes and the Stings, and, and and reached that point where they were pushing them really strong right? and they didn't have Hulk Hogan? Or if they had just brought Hulk Hogan in to be that special attraction mm-hmm. instead of him and all his friends coming in because right. <laughs> um, the, what I finished up watching because it wasn't quite done. They had the big war games match to blow mm-hmm. off the because du- I watched the the Dusty Dustin versus Stud Stable, right? Great stuff, and they get to the the fall brawl. They had the war games match, and then at the next pay per view, Arn fought um, Dustin. Dustin won, and then the Nasty Boys fought Bunkhouse Buck. The main event, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, was. Uh, was Hogan and Flair in the cage when Flair's, Flair lost the match where he had to retire right. for the first time. And they were in the midst of doing the the guy in the mask coming out. It was when oh. Nancy and Tanya had had their yeah. thing. And the guy kept hitting. And then at this pay-per-view, it's over with. They attack him. It's revealed as Brother Brutai. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't call him Brutus Beefcake. It's revealed as him. He becomes the butcher. And... John Tenta and Kevin Sullivan and everybody come out and they attack Hulk Hogan. And we're off now where we went from, you know, Rude, Sting, Flair, Vader, Cactus Jack, Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, all these guys who were kind of having these incredible matches to now we're off to the races with – and Dustin Rhodes, man. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible performing back then any underrated list that doesn't include bunkhouse buck is not a list i want to read that's that right dude, i liked him then and then i learned that he was jimmy golden and yeah in memphis and, can, um, can i but yeah but it was just interesting to watch that feud play out with the roads versus the stud stable and to see that transition now to hulk hogan versus the the dungeon of doom yeah and just kind of how completely know, Different. It was like, I in my son. my son. And we covered it. We did a whole series on that. Right. So let me, so. let me, let's talk about Bunkhouse Buck. Mm-hmm. I definitely, not, not as familiar with his Jimmy Golden stuff. We got to meet him at WrestleCade a few years ago. Uh-huh. Super nice man. I totally agree with you. Woefully underrated. Here's the thing. Like, you don't have... Like, here was a guy who knew who he was, mm-hmm. was comfortable with who he was. I'm Bunkhouse Buck. This is my role in the company. I am not I'm not the star in the spotlight. I'm a supporting character right. in all of these stories. Mm-hmm. And I am going to fulfill the, the, the part, my part in this machine – I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And the best of my ability is not Bunkhouse Buck with another five-star classic. Bunkhouse Buck with the the spots and the comedy and just the hate a bit. Like, 
Nobody, even the fans that pulled for the heels, mm-hmm. did not pull for Bunkhouse Bucks. Oh, he's great, man. I liked him at the time, and I like him even more now. No. To go back, there's a match he has with Dustin. Yeah. It's like a great they, – they were still letting him bleed. Oh, yeah? There was some blood in the match. I don't remember what pay-per-view it's on because I didn't write none of this down. I watched right. it for my enjoyment. Yeah. Not, not, even, not y'all's. I'm yeah. just being honest. Yeah. This is for my enjoyment. I watched it. Yeah. But it was just this great old Memphis style heat getting heel versus babyface brawl. Look it up. Google Dustin Rhodes versus Bunkhouse Buck. You should go back and watch that match. It's 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 yeah, very it's a, it's and a all fun this is, match. And all this stuff is on the network and there's yeah, just it's from this. like ninety late ninety three and all through ninety four. Yeah. Um Yeah, see I just I don't remember the last time I got on the network. It was I don't think I watched Fast Lane. Whatever pay per view was before then. Yeah, that's good. It was an enjoyable show. I mean, I I always watch the once monthly show. That's just what I watch. Man, I don't watch Raw every week because I just don't right. have. Well, you know. And now I don't have twelve hours a month. Right. Well, now you have the even on WWE social media they post yeah, the yeah. segments. The good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't That's have to you don't have to kind of sit there and sit through the whole show. I just look at their channel every Tuesday and I watch That's this is this important stuff to them. Yeah. You know. Um I do want to ask you about we we texted about this um when we recorded last time we were talking about uh Jim Cornette had watched Raw, I think. Mhm. And he, for me, I was totally fascinated about how to shoot TV. Because when I watch wrestling now, um, somebody posted a thing a couple weeks ago, and they showed the difference between how Raw is shot, SmackDown is shot, and NXT is shot. And each three, all three of those, different camera angles, different zoom techniques, different cuts. It's like completely, you all. Th- I mean, I didn't even realize this. But they're all three comp- shot completely differently. Huh. I am comp- I am fascinated. I'm fascinated by that aspect of the business right now. Because that's what I'm doing. I mean, I do that hours a day. Mm-hmm. I'm editing footage. So I was fascinated by what Jim, Jim Cornette was saying. He booked, rebooked Ricochet's mm-hmm. uh, debut. Want, you want my takeaway from that? Yeah. Jim Cornette is often considered one of the greatest minds in the history of the business. Yeah. And what have I always said about Ricochet? Do you remember what I used to say? He used to tell me to watch his matches in PWG. Because, man, he could really feel that Rey Mysterio spot. Yeah, that's right. Jim Cornette <laughs> stole your uh, gimmick. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. That's what I would have him do too. So. Yeah, and, but he, I, yeah, I thought what he what he came up with was good. It was a little. I mean, it had that '80s feel to it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think you got to. You might have to update the way you did it, but. But yeah, I thought it was good, man. I thought it was really good. I. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what you were expecting me to. Like, no, I, I mean, I'm I'm thinking – so what I was just thinking as we were talking about Ricochet, 
I think Ricochet's great. Saw him live. Unbelievable. He's even more unbelievable live right. than he is watching on TV. Mm-hmm. And I was almost to say, well, they've kind of, you know, why have they put him with Aleister Black? When I my, don't. I don't understand that. When my, you know? when my, I agree, but my, I should be saying, man, I get to see Ricochet on TV. I get to see Ricochet wrestle. Right. And like, I feel like we've gotten, we we've so, I we've done that like. I think everybody, every other wrestling fan I know has got a podcast. Right. And everybody thinks that their opinion is the <laughs> only one. Right. And every other person that hears your opinion thinks that you're, they either think you're the greatest thing or they think you're a moron. Right. So. Or a munchkin. Right. There's there's this ability to share your every waking thought right about everything and everybody feels like they have to right and everybody wants to be the first one to say it yeah so it's just taken like there's just uh, everything is just geared toward keeping us depressed now man (laughs) like social media man it's 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 an evil thing man i think it's good when when right in small doses, it's not a bad thing yeah. to keep up with your buddies and whatnot. I have definitely, um, I've turned screen time on the last three days because I'm doing a little experiment on the, with anxiety level and time spent on social media. So I have like put screen time on my phone to where it's my time that I can do my social media apps very limited. Huh. And, uh. That's been good. Like, I've tried to consciously not check my phone all the time. Like, I'm right. like, it's like a game with me. Like, you can go back, I can see my screen time, I can see how many pickups I was averaging per day. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I can, I can come in under that. Right. And so, like, I, I really feel listen, no one has been more addicted to, to their phone and technology than me. I right. like, if they're doing a poll, I'm number one. You ask anybody. Boom, I am right there, okay? And I I absolutely 100% believe that even aside from, you know, my life situation, that that was contributing to a lot of my depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to reverse that. I'm trying to I'm trying to do better, it's, especially when you know stuff's going on out there that you don't want to be a, right. a part of and you're trying to kind of block out. Um but I so so let me ask you this. So let's you know our you know uh, our patrons are watching this live in our patrons Facebook group. People are listening to this, and I I think I think everybody's resonating with this. And I'm going to be honest, like there are so many. Uh, this is I mean this is the challenge now. I mean I think you and I do this podcast for ourselves, and if people come along for the ride, great. Mm-hmm. We love it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I feel like. We, we've been wrestling with this. We've talked about this so many times. Everybody's given their analysis. And I feel like today, as we've been talking, it, the pivot is, man, what's some awesome stuff we want to watch and celebrate? Uh-huh. Like, what if we were the podcast that celebrated wrestling instead of analyzing? That's what we said we were going to be. Right. And we just got, listen, we got caught up, man. Yeah. We got caught up in the fast life and the fast living. <laughs> We got caught up in the. We were setting up. We were setting up. God, what's uh, <laughs> um, um, 
God, I can't. Uh, the word just went away. Alter egos. Like Keith Mullinax. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Roberto Hillebrand. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that inside <laughs> joke. Uh, so, 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 what, you, you've got this kind of rekindled passion for wrestling. And, like, part of me, I told you at lunch, dude, there's some, there's, there's some stuff I think you would really enjoy on the SOS Custom sure Network. The, you know, there's some guys I want you to check out. And you, I don't know if you know this, Mark, on the SOS Custom Wrestling Network, if you search for somebody's name, you don't just get all the show. You, you, like, you don't just get the shows they're on because we list all the chapters on our in our shows. You just get that. So if you search for, let's say you search for James Drake, you're just going to get James Drake matches. You don't have to click and fast forward to the part of the show he's on. Hmm. You click it, you there. Don't know if you know that. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what? What's next? You you fin- you watch the Dustin Dusty. Uh-huh. You watch that. What's something you're like, man? I want to go back and en- not analyze it, but go. I want to go back and enjoy this feud or this content or. You know, I haven't decided yet. It, um. May go back and watch the Mega Powers. Mm. I may do that. Mm. Um, that stuff's a little bit hard, you know what I mean. Not everything's available. Um, but that may be what I do. I don't know, man. Like, um, I thought about watching some, something from the Attitude Era. Uh huh. Um, I kind of watched some Brett, Brett Hart and Steve Austin stuff right. already. Um. But Austin McMahon's always good, but man, that's a lot of stuff to trudge through. Right, now. right, you right. You kind of like back then, you could kind of just watch the shows. Yeah. Now you got to watch. <laughs> For that stuff, you kind of had to watch Raw too. So right. That's a lot of stuff, and not all that stuff was great, regardless of what hindsight tells you. Right. A lot of that Attitude Era stuff was not great. Um, man, I don't know. You got any suggestions? I watched the Flair Steamboat trilogy. I did watch that, and, it, and I watched. If you go back and watch Spring Stampede, you'll see the last Steamboat Flare match that was televised, I think. Hmm. To the best of my knowledge, that was their last. See, I want to go back the Flare Steamboat. Um, I just want to go back and watch more Rick Rude. There, yeah. and, and that yeah. whole – there's this whole period of wrestling, WWF and WCW and ECW. There was a whole period of wrestling that I didn't watch. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, I want to go back and 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 watch some of that. I, especially like eventually, I want to go back and rewatch or watch all the ECW pay per views, and just start from the beginning and yeah. and just chart that. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you would binge watch a show from start to finish. Just start and just follow. I think th- from the pay per views, you could follow all the main storylines. Oh, yeah, yeah. From ECW. So, I want to do that. And, again, that's stuff I've never seen before, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, I think there's that. I I think if I were suggesting things to you, and I don't – it's not all up on the network yet, on the SOS network. I'm working on it. Is uh, Drew Adler's run in PCW. Mm-hmm. Just where, in the span of three months – he pinned 
he pinned like 10 people hmm. in the span of three shows just because of multi- a tournament and multi-man matches yeah, and just just really, really, really good. And, hmm. and, and this is uh, more than likely by the time people are listening to this episode, um, Terminal Velocity is on the SOS Network. There's a match, non-title match with him and James Johnson. That I was telling you earlier, I got caught up in it, fin- filming it, like, and I and I've told James Johnson he wear tie dye. Yes, tie dye sunrise, and and here's He's the good. I like I, I like. And here's the thing, um, it's not a match. People people will probably watch that match on video, and then be like, "Man, what is he talking about?" Because mm-hmm. you can't feel it, but there, that's what makes great wrestling great. Is when you can watch it on video and feel it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's hard. And dude, I listen. I feel. I don't think people understand. For me, for me, Heath Mulligan. People, you know, laugh, joke about the network, whatever. Like I take that responsibility seriously. Mm-hmm. That I am not. That I told you, I'm. I want to be a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I am trying to take the emotion of the live crowd and through the commentary and the editing, I am trying to get that across mm-hmm. to the people watching on the video. So they're like, man, I hate I miss that. Do you get a lot of wide shots of the crowd when the big stuff's happening? Or are you shooting from the floor up into the ring? Because for me, that is ah. that is a gauge of – of the excitement, but if you can't ever see the live crowd, how can you mm. use the live crowd to create? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's so good. If you, ne- if you never have shots mm. of the crowd responding, reacting to big moments, see, then, then you can't translate that. To see, video. that's that's an excellent point because most of the time, most of the promotions were shooting a hard cam where the entrance is on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. So on the and hard cam. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I won't let you finish. So the hard cam is. Here's the thing with WWE. They got five cameras out there. Mm-hmm. And I need to figure out a way to have that hard cam, me have the ringside cam, and then just set up a cam that is on the audience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not even shooting. I think you're absolutely right. I I received that. Because imagine, go back and watch Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. Mm-hmm. And imagine if you never saw the crowd. Yeah. What what would you have actually watched? Right. You would have watched two guys stand there and look at each other. <laughs> right. You know? Right. But that match has gone down in history as this incredible moment. Why? Right. Because, man, there were flashes. Pop, pop, pop. Flash yeah. bulbs going off all around. Yeah. And, yeah, they're just standing there looking at each other, and then they look at the crowd, and then they look at each other, and they look at the crowd, and they did that for a while. Yeah. So imagine if you took the crowd out of that. Right. Which you'd be watching. Yeah. And it wouldn't be much of anything. Yeah. But what made it special was being able to – the visual of them with the people around them going crazy. So one of the things – But what do I know? One of the things that – I don't know, wrestling network. No, no, no. You're one of the things that has happened is, and again, this is not a 
I'm just I'm not making a criticism. I'm just stating a fact. Is that several of the promotions we work with, a lot of the promotions in the area, they light their show differently. Mm-hmm. So they have lights on the ring. Mm-hmm. The crowd is darkened. So when you're watching the match, you can't see the crowd. Mm-hmm. That's a different presentation, though. That's a different way of presenting wrestling. Right. And um, or is that a, a more of that athletically based type stuff where it's a lot of – I I don't think that's even I don't think that's even given to the thought. I think it's like, oh, this is cool. Other people are trying these. I I do agree with that. I like that look for wrestling sometimes. Yeah, I I like that look if I'm in the audience watching the show. Mm -hmm. But it does not that that doesn't translate to me. That doesn't mm -hmm. translate to video. But here's like that's such a it's a fine line to walk. In mm-hmm. 2019, for these companies, whose their bread and butter is the people that are coming there to watch it, mm-hmm. it's not. And maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily putting that stuff online, where mm-hmm. they're not making any money off of it. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I kind of get their point. Yeah. In some ways, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. their their desire is to get as many people in the building paying ten bucks a piece right. that night. Right. Because e- even though there may be a little money changing hands to get something put online, it's not going to be anywhere as equal as right. if they can put 500 people in that building at $10 a head. And, and my goal is I want people to watch it. First of all, let's just say uh, EWF, Forest City, North Carolina. My goal is that people in California can be exposed mm-hmm. to EWF. Right. But that anybody in North Carolina is like, that's in Forest City? I'm going to that. Right, right. You know what I mean? But, yeah, no, this great, those are great thoughts. And I feel, yeah, I think – um, and I think some crowds are better than others as far as reaction-wise. See, I disagree. I've heard that recently. Well, that crowd didn't do this. And that no. crowd didn't do that. I'm not talking but – but it just sparked in me reading that. Such and such a crowd was dead. This right. And that. And the crowd was it. It's not a crowd's job to pop. No, no. It's, a, it's the guy in the ring's job to make the crowd pop. No, and no. if they're not doing it, no. I think what what I meant was that even when a crowd, like there's been times that a crowd has pop, like live, you hear the pop. Mm-hmm. But if I was videoing the crowd, it wouldn't feel like them. No, I get it. I can remember doing some some stuff for three count and being in there and feeling the energy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's and right. And it was like when we would be losing our voices because the people that were there. Yeah, there, it might have been seventy five, one hundred people there. Yeah, but man, they were losing their minds over what was happening. Right. And then I would watch it back on video, and it wouldn't seem. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. huh, maybe that. <laughs> You know, because, but I remember being there and everybody being really excited about it, but it didn't translate. Not that what they did in the ring wasn't as good, right. but the crowd, the that reaction, you couldn't see it because yeah. everybody was so spread out. And I think what a lot, I can remember going to a PWX show one time and being really impressed with the way that they blocked off one side. Right. And made everybody sit on the other side. Yeah. That way, when they shot it on video, yeah, all you saw was a crowd over here instead of letting people just sit where they wanted to sit. Right. Because it's our human nature yeah. to spread out. So it makes this place look like it's not full. But if you take those same 
four or five hundred people mm-hmm. and say, okay, nobody's sitting on this side. Everybody go sit on that side, and then you shoot towards that direction, and you made everybody bunch in together. Then it looks like right. It doesn't look like it's empty. Yeah. Because you, it wasn't empty to begin with. You sold the tickets that you wanted to sell, but if you let everybody spread out, they will. Yeah. If you give them the room to. Yeah. I think I, I think what I'm gonna what I'm gonna talk to some promotions now is I can I can think of two promotions in particular where we we shoot the hard cam and we're shooting toward the entrance, and they because they want the guys and promos they want them to face the hard cam. But with both of those promotions, we have handheld cams. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say, hey, put your hard cam over there. Your promo guy doesn't have to go to the hard cam. You got a handheld cam. The ha- he can the promo guy can go wherever he wants to. And the handheld guy can catch that. Mm-hmm. But let your hard cam catch three fourths of your crowd instead of no force. Right. I think I think what some yeah. people need to. I think some people know terms like hard camera because they've heard other smart marks say it. Right. And if it was me, uh-huh. I would be looking to do something completely different. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't see anything like it's fine to put the camera over here and get the crowd reaction. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But like, I would be looking to do things a little different than other people do. You know what I mean? Don't do everything the same. No, I th- – like I'm constantly thinking of how can we film this show? Mm-hmm. The the sad fact or whatever is that you know at least one of your cameras you're just gonna have to set it up and leave it. Yeah. And, and then if it gets sh- I can rem- they'll they'll shake <laughs> and the next thing you know all you're yeah. doing is is shooting the ground or you're shooting up in the air. It's yeah, the there was um. Yeah, which uh. I, I, the way that I feel like what gets me going creatively now is I w- I'm thinking how can, how can we present wrestling, independent wrestling, you know, how, if you watch 99% of, in, 99% of independent shows, they're all going to look the same. Mm-hmm. What can I do on this show, whether it's adding an instant replay or I don't know. Trying to do something extra, and it's hard to do well, that you, on every. You extra, ain't no doubt. Oh, I am. I'm extra. Um, but that's that's kind of, again, like I don't have any business telling. <laughs> I don't have any business telling a company how to book their triple threat match. I just ask questions, but I can say, hey, what if we tried this on the camera? You know what I mean? And that's where I feel like mm-hmm. I can be of help and assistance in the wrestling community. Yes. But as far as booking ideas, I'm not the guy to talk to. Right. I don't know that anybody is anymore. No. You know, who knows what people want to see anymore, man? I've said it before. I can't book wrestling in 2019. Right. It's just you never know. It's different crowds like different things, man. You got to figure out what that. Some crowds like to see Joey Ryan flip people with his penis, right? You know, and some people like to see Southern booking with blood and guts. I mean, so you have to look at yeah. the crowd that you got Nobody and, knows. and book, and you don't know till that night a lot of times, right? You don't, unless you got one of those companies where the same people show up 
every week and you can kind of get an idea of what they want because you can come up with an idea that you think is great and you put it out there in front of one crowd and they'd eat it up and put it out in front of another crowd and they reject it. You just don't know till you do it. I have seen and then people like you get online and insult them when they try new things. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I mean, <laughs> if people want to try, if people want to try and do a triple threat match with completely different rules than every other triple threat match that's ever happened, that's their business. I'm not going to criticize them. I think it's a good idea to do something different. I totally agree, but you say that up uh, like if if you think okay, do, do cage matches have disqualifications? Is a cage match automatically no disqualification, no count out? You know, you have two different companies that used to do cage matches two different ways. Some was escape, one was get out of the cage, get to the floor, one was pinfall or submission. You know, sometimes they're – I don't know. I agree with you that I'm pretty sure they're never disqualified. But even then, right? the referee would enforce the rule, hey, get him off the ropes. That's pretty that's – a, that's a good point. Maybe they were. So to me, if a referee's telling you break a chokehold, so there's rules. Them, yeah, I don't recall them not being just a no DQ. To be honest with you, unless it was, unless they specifically said, so is it? It's a no disqualification. So isn't it odd? And I'll go back to because I, I think just, what the thing is is you you live. There's this WWE rule book that WWE does things this way. No, I'm talking. I, I, I mean, my I'm okay. Go so go back to uh, Starcade '87. Mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes, Lex Luger in the cage. Uh huh. The chair gets thrown in. Dusty DDTs him on the chair. One, two, three. I, but I wonder if during that match, the referee called for the break on a choke or something. But then I, I almost guarantee you, at some point, there was a one, two, three, get him off the road. So I, yeah. So now I'm kind of like the referee's job used to be, even though it was a no disqualification match. Even if you go back and watch a match from that era that was billed as no disqualification, and the referee will still enforce the rule. Huh. Sounds because that was the referee's job, was to enforce the rule. So even though it was a no disqualification match, and they would say, you'd hear the commentators say, he can count all day long. Right. He's not going to be able to disqualify him. The referee was still took his job seriously. Gotcha. That he, I that love he, it. That he would try to maintain order, even if he couldn't disqualify the guy. He would still try to maintain order inside the ring. Right. That's I love that. Thank you. That is a very that's an excellent explanation of that. I I'm gonna be honest. I wish I put this forth to somebody the other day and I said I can't can't remember who it was. May I don't think it was somebody who could have maybe just another wrestler, a wrestler, and I said I would love to see a promotion implement the over-the-top rope disqualification rule. Uh-huh. I would, too. I would love to see them implement that and be the only one because they would be the only one, and I would say, and I would have their champion exploit that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's what 
you know, Bill Watts, I watched the stuff when he came in, and it mm-hmm. was you, nobody can come off the top rope. Yeah. And it's like nobody understood that it didn't mean nobody was ever going to come off the top rope. Right, what right. What it meant was that you had to figure out creative ways to do it when the referee wasn't watching. So, Michael Marshall has been doing watch rules matches mm-hmm. around the area. Did one with Tracer X at Viral Pro Wrestling, getting ready to do another one here in a couple weeks. So he's doing a match with Tracer X. You can't do a dive to the outside. Uh-huh. Can't go off the top rope. It was just all these things. It was so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And um, and you'd still do those things. Right. And they still get a pop. Yes. It's just that you don't – it puts you in a situation where you're not doing too much of it. It's right. not excessive. And you have to come up and work a match around getting and, a creative way to do this. And stuff. to Tracer, in that instance, Tracer did some stuff off the second rope. Mm-hmm. And then what was great is, you know, Michael Marshall beat him with a pile driver at the end. Uh-huh. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. And, and, like, I really, I really like that. And it was, it was very well done. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I I think to to me it, EC that was one of the that was one of the negative things to me that ECW brought. Yes, is I agree. ECW didn't have any rules anytime. No, no countouts, no nothing. Yeah, and I think I just think that should be WWE's bad about that. Now they don't have very many rules anymore. Right. You know they, but I think it's it's a good thing. To have a few more rules. Yeah. Because when you got a few more rules and you actually enforce those rules, then when somebody breaks those rules, it clearly defines their personality. Yeah. Yeah. Who they are. So now I know who I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a guy that'll that'll cheat, that'll break yeah. the rules, and I know that means he's probably not a good guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and to me – to me, when you have rules, you see a clear, yeah, that helps you define personality. Maybe that's one of the reasons people aren't in this. Re- you've removed one aspect of wrestling that allowed people to establish their personalities. So you remove that, people aren't able to show that part of their personality. Or everybody's got the exact same personality. Yeah, they're all the same. Um. The WWE's idea that everybody lives in shades of gray is, while true, yeah. I don't. When I'm watching movies, I, I like watching movie with a clearly defined good guy. I don't. I don't want to watch John Wayne and the guys that he's fighting are fighting by the same rules. Yeah. You know. I or I, what I like to see honestly is 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 John Wayne not John. Wayne. But I'm just using him as an example. That's an old boy. You know you're getting old when you're using dated references. But Bruce Willis, um, mm-hmm. or maybe he tries to fight fair, and it doesn't work. And then he kind of has to get down on the level yeah. that the bad guys are fighting at. But they're the ones that drug him there. Right. I don't mind that, you know. But I like them to try to fight fair to start with. Yeah. And then lose. And then say, all right. I see how to, it's going to be. I see how it's going to be. I might have to, I might have to jack a few jowls, <laughs> hand, hand out a couple of knuckle sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, 
So, on the last episode, I asked you your predictions for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I want to switch gears very slightly for very briefly. Predictions for Avengers Endgame. Who's going to win? Thanos going to win? He might. He might. I, you know, it's hard to believe that they would end this whole story. That's traditionally not the way comic books work. Right. Is that with the bad guy. And he kind of already got his win. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So now you, I'm hoping you get the second act where. You're going to have some 50-50 booking. Right. There's going to be some 50-50 booking. They're going to, you know, the Avengers going to have to get their win back. <laughs> They're going to have to hulk up and get their win back. Um, You know, I don't know. I hope that, I really believe that, I have to believe that the Hulk plays a pretty key um, part in it because if not they would have had him in the last one they wouldn't yeah. have had him got beat so badly right. so quickly and then refused to show up right i think unless he's going to play a pretty integral part in putting a beating on thanos right probably once the infinity gauntlet has been removed right i'm guessing he's gonna throttle things i i thanos beat him pretty good when he didn't have the gauntlet yeah he still had a couple of them he had the he had the gauntlet with a couple of crystals in it, right? But he didn't have the. Oh, I agree. But what I'm saying is, I think I really think the Hulk's going going to throttle him before he's over with. I think that I think they built to that for sure. I think that's going to be yeah, yeah. I yeah, I don't know. Uh... Yeah, I don't. I can't call it. Man. I they've really made I such know. a big. They've made such a big deal about everybody's contract being over. Kind of like wrestling. That is I like, just told you that at lunch. Just you know. <laughs> we were talking about it. I know at lunch. I was like, I don't know. They keep saying everybody's contracts in, and I feel like they're trying to make me think. And now you gonna sit there and say that? Everybody's been saying <laughs> that. <laughs> Mark, that'd be like you saying at lunch. That'd be like you saying at lunch. Boy, you know the president need to watch needs to watch what he tweets sometimes. Then me coming home in here. You know, the president needs to Well he That was my original thought. Mark, everybody knows they've been talking about everybody's contracts up. I'm not we're not bringing up state secrets. We're bringing up superherohype.com. Every article they've had for the last I don't know. Three years, Robert Downey Jr. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, here's what I think. We're here's the. This is where Marvel. This is the only reason they bought Fox, is they knew this day was coming. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, man, we're gonna lose it. But hey, I'm gonna tell you what. Do you think? All right, let's talk about it for just a second. Do you think that the mutants? are going to show up before the fight is over or after, like in some kind of after credits thing. If, if Hugh Jackman shows up in a post-credit scene, people, I, I'll lose my mind. I will yell. I will jump up. Cause I think Hugh Jackman gets it. Uh huh. I think Hugh Jackman is okay. He's like, I'm Wolverine. That's a I like that, you know. And I think I think he sees the dollar sign. Oh, he got. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. So, I think that's where they've got to. I think that's where they've got to pivot to. Is yeah, I mean, I, you know, you know that either uh, of Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. Uh-huh. They all three ain't making it out of this movie. No, no, I, I'm pretty confident Stark is gonna die, and and saving everybody. I re- I believe that. I think I think Iron Man's definitely gone. And I think that's a good character arc from him from the beginning. Me too. And I and you can replace him, you know, with somebody else later on that's not Iron Man. But it, there's another character, right? That kind of inherits everything from Stark in the comics. It's some girl. Yeah. I don't know. Her, and I, you know. See, this is the problem with movies. Com- ba- detect- det- <laughs> Detective Comics 1000 came out this week. Uh-huh. Or it came out uh, March 27th. And Batman been around 80-something years. Uh-huh. You know, he never ages. He's uh-huh. just... Comic books, there's no right. continuity and, and, and there's no rules as far as age. But in movies, you're kind of you're kind of hamstrung by uh-huh. that in some ways. I would be totally fine with, uh, who knows, man, in 20 years, they may just start over with a whole new. I'm sure they will. I really kind of, you know... You got to think they're already considering that. I mean, that's what we do, right? Right. We start over. Yeah. All right. Well, we told those stories. Yeah. That's what comics have always done. Listen, if All ten, right, let's start over and tell a new story. If ten different people can play Superman, who are we to say? No, no, no. Robert Downey Jr. is different because he is Tony Stark. Right. Right. I mean, that's what we said about Christopher Reeve. Uh, that's what we said about Brandon Routh. I mean, we all said. <laughs> I mean, I was the front runner. That oh, yeah, guy's Superman. You were all. No one there. is more Superman than Brandon Routh. I said he's the perfect. This is a, this is the Sup- best. Superman will never get better than this movie right here. <laughs> Superman returns. You're on record about how much you love that movie. Yeah. But you know, you know who wrote that movie, right? Who? Vince McMahon. Because they didn't go anywhere with it. Superman yeah, has a kid. Right. Yeah. Ah, forget about that. Yeah, don't worry about that. Forget about that. I love it. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think, man, they, there's, I think we're gonna get a good Fantastic Four movie. I hope. I hope. Uh, I don't know about this next Spider-Man movie. I don't know. I, I love the I love the kid. The trailer's good. I think I read somewhere that that a lot of people, and I think it's it's a good idea that Deadpool should take over the Stan Lee cameos. Ah. Uh, and kind of pop up in all the movies at some point. Like, hey, what's going on here? Hey, what is? Hello. Yeah, I think that would be cool. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I like it. It was weird seeing Stan Lee and Captain Marvel. Hey, I haven't seen it. I did watch into the the, the Spider Man into the Spider Verse or whatever. That's correct. That's incredible. That was an yeah. incredible movie. Like, did it win I, the Oscar? It did for best animated. It's like the first 
one of like four non-Disney Pixar movies that's ever won that that Academy Award, I think. But isn't it technically Disney? No, it wasn't at the time. Oh, gotcha. I don't think. But, yeah, yeah, it was good. That was incredible. Like it lived up to the hype. I didn't. Most movies don't. Right. It absolutely. I, lived that was up when to I was like, eh, I don't want. Yeah, to Drake's like, let's go see this. Yeah, man. I rented it uh, right when it came out. I picked it up at the Red Box. I was just, man, I was blown away. Yeah. It was so good. And I'm not a big cartoon guy, but it blew me away, man. Even yeah. though aren't they all cartoons? Like, you know, the Avengers is Roger Rabbit with better graphics. You're sure. Telling me that the Hulk is real? The Hulk's a cartoon. He's just drawn better. What are you saying? I'm saying that these comic book movies. No, no, no. Or who framed Roger Rabbit with better graphics? No, you just said the Hulk's not real. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing. All right. Hey, you know what's <laughs> real? The Double Drop Kick Show, iTunes, Spotify. We're everywhere you can get a podcast. We're broadcasting live in our patrons-only Facebook group. And you should join us at patreon.com slash double drop kick for what a dollar. What <laughs> is wrong with you? I'm, a, I'm, more, I'm positive. You're getting positive. You're getting positive, irritating. Positive, I got a crap. <laughs> yeah, you're doing the poopy dance over there. Hey, I'm going to let Mark go take care of his business. As always, I'm Heath Mulliken. I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.